He's like, hi. Hi. <laughs> All right, you want to get to know me? That's cool. Also, yeah. Yeah, he gets to know, like, <laughs> yeah. in your face. Stop it, dog. That's down. Yeah, we lucked out with him. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the LA Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Linz Florin. This episode's guest is best known for taking old porcelain plates, mugs, and lamps and painting on them with blood-red paint with phrases like Pussy Gonna Rise Up and Feminist as Fuck. Boitiers LLC is the artistic pseudonym of Emily Hilberg. She collects the old porcelain pieces and paints them in her apartment, firing them in her kitchen oven. She invited me over to her apartment for the interview. Her super cute dog, Nate Dog, interrupted us a couple times, but we had a great chat. Yeah, I'm Emily Hilberg, and then I make are under Boy Tears LLC, but I'm not an LLC, it's just a joke. And then I do all kinds of art, but mostly I've been painting and repurposing old porcelain pieces, figurines and plates and cups and lamps and kind of anything I can get my hands on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Painting on everything. Painting on everything. <laughs> what was the moment where this went from crazy idea to thing you did? We have a swap meet up the street on the weekends, and I love swap meets, and I like to go to that one, and I kept finding stuff. And then I did just, like, a little bit of research and realized there was this paint I could fire at home in the oven that would be permanent. And so I just started picking up pieces from the swap meet, which is fun because it's kind of like a treasure hunt. I don't know what I'm going to find. I like swap meets because it's like you're spreading your money around your neighborhood, and... You know, you get to meet your neighbors, and you never know what you'll find. And okay. so I get most of my stuff that way, some eBay, and then a lot of thrifting, too. And I'm really lucky I have some nice friends that do a lot of thrifting, and they'll text me pictures if they're out and about, yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and then how did you get connected with the L.A. County store? I was just kind of doing this stuff. I had it at a couple galleries, sort of like in the early stages. Then I started posting on Instagram, and I had a woman reach out to me who had a boutique on Abbott Kinney. And so that's when I really was like, oh, okay, I could make multiples. I can make many. It was kind of the first time I was like, oh, okay, like a retail setting. So then I think I reached out to Marianne, did a trunk show, and then started selling there. And it was because my boss told me, how great LA County store was. Yeah, it was you like- You came on pretty quick. Yeah, it was probably right after you opened. Like I said, my boss is a really cool lady. She's a longtime booker for a lot of the clubs in LA and stuff, and she'd gone shopping there and said it was awesome. So I was like, I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so what other kind of art were you doing before you landed on this? I do a lot of drawing and painting, and that stuff sold well or did well. I also do zine making, so mm -hmm. I still do that. And that's a lot of a lot of drawing, collaging, stuff like that. So I still do all that stuff. I think mm -hmm. this is just the, the porcelain's what people want, yeah, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, yeah. People like the paintings and drawings, and I'm always like, oh, I got to get back to painting, but right. I never ran out of time. But for now, I'm having a lot of fun, so. Let's walk over and take a yeah, look at totally. it. So you've got over here. This is all the done stuff. I'm working on some stuff right now for somebody, and then I'm sending out Mother's Day orders mm. in the next couple of days, so gotta get those all ready to ship, which is the hardest part, shipping, packing, going to post office. Well, yeah, you've, it's a highly breakable. Highly breakable. I'm really, I'm really nervous about things breaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Well, like, you've spent time getting it and painstakingly making it a thing and then, yeah. yeah. I do have things that happen, like uh, when I go to fire things, sometimes 
things will have a hairline crack that you can't see or doesn't appear until it's fired. Mm. And then it's just got to throw the whole thing away. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be mad. How many pieces would you say that you are in a week? I probably do like 10 or 12 a week right now. Um, I've done more. I took a, like a huge custom order and it was like, what was it? It was 200 cups in a month and I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna see if I can do it. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. try. Stretch. Stretch. And it was kind of fun. It was like sports. I was like, I could do it. Push it to the limit. Like, how many can I do in a day? Yes. It was like, okay, I won't do that again, but I did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the Ron Reagan one. I know. I had to take it off of Etsy because I kept getting like hate mail. I did not realize that that would happen, and I just got sick of dealing with it. Yeah. Like, I guess we sell these in person. Oh, okay. I didn't know. That was like people were on Etsy using search terms to, like, yell at people, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had one forever. I think it, it sold, but it was a dog on a little boy's lap. And then I put sunglasses on the dog and then made the boy all bloody, and I put no man's bitch, which was just the first thing that popped into my head when I saw it. And that was probably my favorite one that I ever made. Someone's got it. Someone really cool has it in their house. So, yeah. That one I love. What are some of the things you've had to learn, like both technical with the paint, but also from the business end? I taught myself lamp repair, which was really cool because I kept finding old lamps that I wanted to paint on. And I don't know how much it costs to get lamps repaired, but it mentally was cost prohibitive to me. So. I taught myself lamp repair, which I was really proud of. Also, just, you know, finding out what, what pieces work for me. Like, I need, I need space. I need, like, I like things where there's, like, a big blank spot for me to park it on. Like, what works well, what people like. Things go in waves. Like, my feminist stuff will become really popular. And then people kind of, they'll drop off. And then something horrible will happen and it will pick up, which is terrible. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I have another friend that does feminist stuff. And, yeah, right after the Trump election. All the feminist stuff started selling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> no, and it's like every January you might get a big bump from the Women's March things. or Right, it's really interesting how that works or like what people's interests are. And right. it's kind of fun to try to anticipate that sometimes. Yeah. And do you say like the like little drug box, like those kinds of stuff? That's sort of probably evergreen, right? Like that's yeah, that all goes year forever. Round. I started making pipes. I was really excited about that. Yeah, those fun. were fun. And then I really, really, really wanted to make pocket knives for women, yeah. stick in their purse or their bag. And so I did a lot of crazy research and development, <laughs> which no one ever saw. Figuring out a kind of knife I could use, a kind of paint. I had different prototypes. I put them in bottom of my purse to make sure the paint wouldn't come off for like a month. Tried all these different techniques. So that was really fun. And that's my new fun thing I like to do is make those little knives. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to find more that I could paint on, but it took me two years to find these ones. So. Yeah. So it might be a while. It's like every little product is kind of a rabbit hole that you have to go down. Right. And you can't stay at the surface. You have to like deep dive into it to get right. it right. I spent hours and hours on different knives. <laughs> But sell, you know, guns and knives and all kinds of crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah. Trying to find wholesalers and then they stopped producing them and I had to wait. Anyway, it's interesting once you go down a rabbit hole. So I'm trying to think of what my next rabbit hole is. Right. I've actually been a pretty analog person. I've never really gotten used to working on a computer. Mm -hmm. And I still love hand painting things. So it's it's really 
fun for me, and I'm, I'm glad I found a way to do things that are one of a kind and hand-painted and not mass-produced. Like, I found a way to do that. That was kind of a, weird, a, a hard thing to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Efficient, but not mass-produced. Right? Exactly. Like, and it's still something that gives me a lot of creative pleasure, so that I'm not just, like, doing something for, for you know... <laughs> not, like, zoning out and dying. Exactly. Like, it's still a really enjoyable thing for me, so that's fun. Yeah. I work at Stories of Renico Parks. It's like half cafe, half bookstore. But I work in the cafe part. And I've been there for like a long time. Let's say like seven years. It's a long time, but the people there are really nice. So it's, it's my coworkers are lovely, so it's easy. Um, I think it's good too, because I have some friends that only do this. And it makes you a little crazy, because it's just this in your phone. So that's like the constant. Instagram validation is all, it's the only interaction you get and it's not a good way to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've always had to have a day job and so it's, right. it's uh, would I love to have the freedom to spend all my time doing this work? Yeah, but. I think it'll make you crazy. You'd have to create social situations, put some structures into your life that would make that happen. I don't want to work in an office. I don't want to work. I was working high in retail at that point, and I was like, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. See, like, two people a day, and they're crazy and rich and bored. Like, mm -hmm. that's not fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're their entertainment? Oh, Lord. Cool. You're the captive audience? Yeah. It's funny how that happens where I was somewhere on the west side, and I was in, like, a little boutique trying to find a card. This old man came in and started asking the poor girl working, like, about every single thing in the store. I was like, oh my god, I remember this. Yeah, like this guy has nothing to do with his life. Yeah, retail is pretty crazy for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and people don't even, you know, sometimes even your friends don't know that it's work, right? It's fun to have people for a minute and then it can be a drag after a while. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's always hard, but you gotta do something to make a living. And that's a good job because I can pick up shifts if I need to occasionally, mm -hmm. and, you know, if I'm having a slow time, which is ideal. Because everyone that works there is a musician or an artist or whatever. So no, yeah, they're always, all like, I gotta go on tour. Exactly. Or... Everyone's always going on tour. <laughs> yeah. It's a constant. <laughs> yeah. I think I might be the only non musical person there, actually. Yeah. And luckily, their bands are great. So it's not like a pain in the ass. To yeah. Them, right. Because I definitely had that thing where you make friends with someone, then they give you their C, and you're like, put off listening to it because you want to stay friends, you know? <laughs> It's easy to kind of test that on YouTube or something. Oh, God, yeah, you don't even have to wait for a CD anymore. That's what I mean. Sometimes I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Brand, like, I was walking down the street, and I was like, is that bush in my dad's yard? Is that California star Jasmine? I'll have to ask him the next time I see him. And I thought, you just Google image search California star Jasmine. And then you're like, yeah, that's it. I don't need to, like, wait till the next time I see my dad to ask and figure it out. It doesn't, it doesn't jump right there. I'm like, oh, okay. Or like, I happened to me where I asked like a young girl, she had a great sweatshirt of Eileen Mornos, you know this one? And it said, I'm with her. And I was like, oh, where'd you get that? And she's like, uh, Google it. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have to ask, where'd you get that? You just Google it. Yeah, no, you don't have to interact with anybody ever. I know, <laughs> and I guess that's like the preferred method for the young kids. But yeah, it's so really funny to me. I was like, oh yeah, I guess. That's what you kids do now, huh? <laughs> but yeah, just, just too old to have that impulse. <laughs>
Yeah. It was like you learning with the Photoshop. It's like, computers are hard and annoying. If I can't master something in 30 seconds, I'm over. <laughs> What is it that Los Angeles brings to the table that makes all this sort of more juicy or more hard or, you know? Well, I like, I've only ever lived in LA County, I guess. I grew up in Long Beach and I've been in LA proper for 15 years, maybe longer, I'm not sure. Maybe a little bit longer, but a long time. So I'm really not, I don't know how it is other places. Right, right. Oh, I'm just kind of like a quiet town, like a sleepy little town. Everyone's really friendly. It's a, it's interesting because it's it's like the 16th largest city in America or something, but it feels like a small town, and everyone is very friendly and nice, and the people kind of have that like small town. It's like a small town heart, but like big city world weariness. <laughs> it's like a little bit of both. It's just a great place. LA is obviously like a lot more uh, busy. Whenever I'm down there, I'm like feel like I'm on vacation from here because it's so crazy around here and it's gotten so crowded and wealthy here and different than it used to be but i still have like great moments here in the city that i just like i'm like man i still love this city. yeah no there's an energy to it that is that is is unique and yeah can it suck your life force yes it but, can but it can also feed it it can yeah and a lot of it like i get inspired by a cool teenager on the bus or like Someone I heard yelling at someone or yeah. anything. There's so many different ways to be inspired if you by people. tune into what's going on. Yeah, and I think too, like, I take the bus, I walk around my neighborhood a lot, I have a job that's customer service related, so I interact with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I think if you don't maybe have that, it would feel like a really lonely, weird city. If you're sitting on your computer editing videos all day. Or right, and then you get in your car and drive home. Like, you're not gonna have all those, like, Awesome interaction. I think public transit's kind of a way to shake up your world and force you. Downside is you can't get comfortable, but upside is you can't get comfortable. Right. And new things are always popping. You kind of have to be alert. Yeah. Actually, one of my best friends, I met her at a bus stop. She's rad. We've been friends for 10 years. You know, I had one day where I was on the gold line and there was this kid from Wales and he was like super lost. And it was me and like this real cute teenage couple that was kind of making out a lot. And we were trying to tell him how to get to Carson and trying to explain to him that he can't have friends in Carson if he doesn't have a car or whatever. <laughs> and just talking to him. And then somehow we wound up just like all of us, me and the kids like burst into to live and die in LA. And it was just like one of those awesome moments or like, you can't have those moments if you're not walking around your neighborhood. You know what I mean? Or on a bus or talking to people that you see all the time. And I think a lot of people don't do that in the city and that's really important because otherwise you just miss out on everything. Like if you don't talk to your neighbors or walk around and see things. What are some people who make things or art around LA that you like? Who's your, who oh, are you looking at? My friend, I call her my art wife. Her name's China. We met and we just like fell in art love and we do all of our stuff together. We're just like perfectly matched. So we do a lot of zine events together and art events together. And so I just always really admire her. And I think our work's cool because it's like similar but different. So mm -hmm. it's perfectly not competing but like very complimentary, which is really cool. And then there's a lot of zine artists I love a lot. There's this girl, that's her poster there, Rinny Riot. She's amazing, I love her artwork. And she also makes really great zines. There's a woman that does really cool cross stitch. Mm -hmm. I love her stuff. Oh gosh, there's so many people. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm not a good musician, and I only do karaoke with really close friends, but I love going to see shows, and it always really inspires me. I love going to museums. Yeah. I love going to other people's art shows. What are shows. your favorite museums around town? I love going to the Huntington Gardens, because I love gardens. I should have gone like two weeks ago, but that's cool. <laughs> like, it was so peak two weeks ago. I like, you know, going to LACMA and MOCA, and then a lot of times just going to friends' art shows. You'll, you'll meet really interesting people and see amazing art, especially stuff that's different from what I do. I, that always inspires me a lot. Like, wow. Like, I love abstract expressionism, which I suck at. <laughs> so I really love looking at it, or I love using the drastic technology that everyone does. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many great museums here in town, and that way I feel really spoiled. Because I'm like, I spent my whole life with like easy access to world-class museums, venues. I got to see every band I ever wanted to see play and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. And that, I know I'm really lucky and spoiled in that way. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting here, there was always like, I know in other times I have like punk houses and stuff. And I've been to like, I mean, there have been punk houses here too. There's kind of this really cool tradition of like punk storefronts. Where people would have a storefront and they'd like throw up some art and like let bands play illegally or whatever. Like there was Paris Face and the Echo Curio and so many little venues like that that were so much fun mm -hmm. to go to and see art and read zines and like listen to local musicians play. Yeah. And there, obviously there aren't as many anymore. <laughs> For yeah, sure. It's basically like someone's kind of living in a storefront and then they like have shows and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like selling their own beers to you. you right, know? they're selling you paps for two bucks, yeah. but it's worth it. <laughs> I mean, the smells started out that way too, back in the day. They were a storefront in North Hollywood initially. Interestingly, when they first opened, I remember it was smaller because they kept knocking back the wall and, and making more space. Whoa. And they didn't have functional bathrooms 90% of the time. <laughs> you had to go to one of the weird bars to pee. <laughs> it was, it was a pretty cool punk spot. Rock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went back, you know, a couple years ago. I was like, man, it's harder to deal with smells when you get older. I was like, I know it's the name, but I remember it, maybe it wasn't as bad or I, I don't know. There's like a very small community of feminist artists. And so it's just like so cool to meet and support other ones. Mm -hmm. That's such a big part of what I do and it's not everyone's taste. So it's like a tiny community of us. That's like really cool to me to find other women that have like similar. Do you ever events. do stuff at the Women's Center for Creative Work? I haven't yet. I have some friends that have done stuff there and they love it. I really gotta get my butt down there. It'd be fun to do like a free class or something or, you know, something fun like that. Yeah. My biggest dream would be to open like, a storefront gallery that teaches classes to kids, like a gallery for the kids that mm -hmm. teaches classes too. Nice. Not a gallery for artists, for like right. kid artists. Nice. To like encourage like local kids to do their stuff. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they're a little weird. That they have. Yeah, there was a place like that in Long Beach when I was a teenager, and it was just so cool to be like, I have my stuff in a gallery, okay? I'm like 16, I'm mm -hmm. shit. But you know, it was just really cool to get to like install a show and do all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I would love to do something like that someday. Our neighbors next door are 826 LA, where they do like the tutoring and the poetry classes and stuff. And like, that's so cool. I'd love to do something like that for art. It's really cute. Sometimes I find bits of kids' poetry in the dumpster. It's always really good, <laughs> you know? I like kid poetry, it's awesome. Nice. <laughs>
I work with an organization called Get Lit that does uh, youth poetry in schools as like oh, a literacy nice. and things. And they have a annual event called the Classic Slam. And the format is they have to read a classic poem and then they read their own response poem to it. Right. And it can be like in any way they want to respond. Often they're about like family crazy dynamics or living on the streets or coming out to either receptive or not receptive. You know, it's just like yeah, super yeah. powerful. These <laughs> kids are like, they're so amazing. It's just so fulfilling to see like, all right, there's some amazing shit being nurtured and here. And you really cut back all the arts programs in public school. I started yeah. doing that when I was a kid. So it was like, thank you, Mom Reagan. You know, it just kept getting cut, cut, cut. And there's like nothing for kids. You have to do something extracurricular, but those programs don't totally exist everywhere. I got lucky, my mom was like, on it. She got me into every, you know, free arts class she could find, every like, I remember I was doing life drawing at Otis when I was 14, and I think she lied and said I was 18 so I could actually do like real life drawing with naked people. Amazing. <laughs> Which is really nice of her, yeah. But yeah, there's just not a lot for you if you're in school, unless it's like in your neighborhood, it's gonna be really hard to get to whatever. I got lucky if my mom would like drive me up to Otis, you know? <laughs> That's a good mom. For other makers, I would say to have an original idea and stay true to it, because there's a lot of people doing a lot of similar things, and people will try to rip you off. And But if you have your original ideas and you really stick with them and don't compromise on them, no one can ever really rip you mm -hmm. off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they'll only be... They'll photographing just be copying you. or, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are kind of doing like the meme culture Tumblr thing of, you know, kind of appropriating pre-existing material to make their art, mm -hmm. which is fine, but it's a different process and it's prone to being ripped off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're doing like pop culture references, someone else is going to be doing them too, or yeah. you know what I mean? No, yeah, and you kind of have to have some blinders up. You got to know about your competition, but not take it in, yeah. not internalize it, and yeah. let it bother you. Because, I mean, I get taken, I'm a people pleaser. I get pulled off course, but someone says I like something, I'll spend a year doing that instead of what I want to do. Exactly, and so it's hard to be like, no, stick with what you know and, and your focus and like your original ideas. Yeah, the intersection good. of the things that you are good at is unique inherently. Exactly, and your ideas are good, and if you just allow yourself to follow them through to completion, yeah. that's really the hard part, is you have these ideas, and then you go, that was stupid. But if you just take that idea, Mm -hmm. All the way you can yeah. do it. Well, and you can't evaluate it until you've done that. Yeah, you can't evaluate, and you can't evaluate based you on what anyone else do, is doing. But... Yeah, and don't listen to other people too much, I think. Because when you make stuff and do stuff, everyone wants to give you ideas. But, you know, trust yourself, basically. Right, right. <laughs> Sometimes people are like, if, if this person does this for me, mm -hmm. then this will happen. And you have to make it so that you're the only person you have to count on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and then ultimately yeah. you... In doing that, the people you do connect with are also that way. Right. And so then you know you can count on them if you do if collaborate. If you do want help, like, yeah. It means that people who are flaky kind of fall away. Another thing I learned over the years is not to judge, look at someone else and go, wow, that person's really made it. They have this, this, and this. They're doing this, this, and this. 
Having when I was younger, just someone I knew was doing all this stuff, like right after you graduated, I thought, Jesus Christ, like, what's wrong with me, man? And you realize their families are insanely wealthy and you never knew, and that's why everything seems so easy for them. Mm -hmm. And people won't tell you that either, so you have to suss that out yourself. Right. <laughs> Thanks so much to Emily Hilbert for opening up about her art brand, Boy Tears LLC, and what inspires her about making things in LA. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, be sure you're subscribed and follow us so you get our LA Beer Week preview episode coming in a couple of weeks. Please join us on June 22nd in the evening for our podcast launch party at the LA County Store. We'll have some refreshments and a live interview taping with Laura Ann from Laura Ann's Jams plus some prizes and surprises. Come on out to the shop and join us on June 22nd at 7 p.m. Marianne and I were in Palm Springs a, a couple months ago, and I saw something and I was just like, oh yeah, Emily Hilbert would kill on this. Oh you yeah, know? my mom, my mom all the time is like, I'm here. Every time I go see a Long Beach just go up there, yeah. really fun. Long Beach is great for that. There's a yeah, lot of great thrift shops. A lot shops. of good thrift stores, yeah.